80 years of Spartan NFL draft history down the crapper. Thanks, Obama. MSU loses a commit, but gets a walk-on. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're fine. We're all good. It's fine. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, joined, of course, by the crab meat of our podcast, Kevin Greck, and the tadpole of our podcast, Alex Plum. Greck, how are you, buddy? Well, I'm excited about this uh, inside joke that no one else is privy to. Uh, But in this inside joke, Plum is, in fact, a dead tadpole, not an alive one. Expired. It's true. How you doing? Over I there, figured Paul? it was a bit of a Schrodinger, Schrodinger's cat situation. You know, mm, just didn't, yeah. didn't want to. If you don't look, you don't know. Uh, and I hope no one looks. I think the bigger mm-hmm. thing is, I hope no one looks. In in not, to not put things seen. in MSU terms, sorry to interrupt, but is MSU's draft streak the dead tadpole and uh, Amani Bates decommitting is the rancid crab meat or vice versa? Mm. 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 Well, you know what. We have a whole podcast to decide. Uh, Plum, uh, time is time has expired on finding out how you're doing. So thank you, of course, for listening. And if we could ask a small favor, please share that pod with Spartans in your life. Give us a rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And of course, follow us on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore pod. Plum, let the folks know if they are first time listeners what the structure of the show is. Oh boy, guys! Well, we love uh, to start off with the Green Wall, where football always leads, and that will uh, that will be the same this week. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Michigan State sports around the uh, uh, MSU campus, as it were, football, basketball. We will head off Grand River to talk a little bit about what's happened across the NCAA and the wide world of college sports, and then we will finish off with your Twitter questions. And it is week one of Twitter question power rankings, a seemingly maybe perennial offseason treat that we have. Um, but uh, as Alex mentioned, we are going to start with the green wall. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll start with football. Um, do we want to start with the draft streak or uh, former commit doing some revenge porn sort of stuff, which sounds more fun? It was a great week to be a Spartan, I guess, is what we're trying to say. I really don't know so, what, you're, what you mean there with the second one. Wait, did you not read the the uh, the allegations? No. Against Stefan Johnson? Oh, yes. That's what I'm... Yes. That's what you're referring to. I've yeah. already moved yeah, on yeah. from that. Oh, you've uh, moved on. <laughs> you got hurt way worse. Okay. <laughs> um, so, for those who don't know, since before the end of World War One or I'm sorry, World War II, Michigan State has had a player drafted in every draft that there's been, making it an 80-year-long streak. That streak came to a close this year with a long snapper from the University of Michigan being selected above the cornerback from the Big Ten with the best coverage grades. Greg, I'll turn to you. How do you feel? It's a bummer. Uh, This is one that we just sort of took for granted. I mean... I remember in the year, I mean, very early in the, in the D'Antonio, um, you know, years where I think it was Jeremy Ware got taken in like the sixth round or something like that. And I thought that was about as bad as it was ever going to get. And now to be here to have something like this. And and of course it doesn't, 
really matter. I don't know if the recruits, when they're coming in, if this is something that they're actively thinking about, but it was something that just went to show like the value of the program uh, over that period of time. Um, and it it is a bit of a, I mean, I think the truth is that it kind of shows where the D'Antonio years were kind of going at the end there and maybe made me come to terms a little bit more than before with some unfortunate truths. Um, maybe some of the criticisms of D'Antonio and his staff at the end there were a little bit more valid than I was willing to acknowledge at the time. I mean, I think we've had our own criticisms of, of that time, but like, this is the evidence of that right here. I mean, this was supposed to be the 2016, the 2017 classes. And of course we know the 2016 <laughs> class totally decimated. I mean, I think in certain ways, 2016 class kind of ended D'Antonio's career. Um, yes. Yeah. And then it, the 2017 class on top of that is who this should have been. And now there's no one that was drafted from that class. So it's a, uh, yeah, it's rough for no sports happening this week. It's been a rough week, guys. What about you? Yeah. I would just like to say that I think maybe from a recruiting standpoint, um, you remember that uh, graphic that Penn State came out with during the, the Super Bowl that said something like a, you know, a, a, state, a player from Penn State has played in every Super Bowl and then it like had in very fine print. Except for all except the Super for 15. Bowls where they, they didn't. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, I think MSU just started saying 80 of the last 81 or something like that. And, you know, just regains itself that way. I mean, I, I will say this. We were behind what? Michigan, USC, and one other school. Those were the only I two. Think I think only Notre Dame can make a claim at it if you do the like supplemental draft from the 70s or something like that. Um, sure. So I, I guess my point is. I I think the odds that that Michigan State would have ever surpassed Michigan hmm. because I'm petty and that's the only way in which I actually really kind of cared about this. Sure. Like I, I mean it w- I guess it said differently I don't respect or disrespect any Big 10 program differently because they aren't they can't make a similar claim. And indeed, mm-hmm. many of these programs have, if you take a long enough time frame, you would say are much better than Michigan State has been over that time frame, yet has has a, a smaller uh, you know uh, streak with the draft. So I, I like what is it what is it representative of? I don't know. I mean, it's a cool thing to say that we can't say anymore. But it's not like it's the same as, for instance, Tom Izzo's tournament streak. Sure, that's a streak of of, sure. of great important merit. And and this, yeah, uh, a bummer. Something you like to hang your hat on when you're a school that sometimes has, um, you know, petty energy. But uh, <laughs> I I guess I'm okay. It, it I I really it, a little absurd. Don't care. It, that Michigan is one of the two schools that are keeping a draft streak. I, I looked at this. Oh, I don't either to be very clear as more of a value of the program overall, uh, type of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just like I didn't. I, it was a unique thing of um, Spartan lore, I guess. I didn't even I didn't even think a thing like that existed. That it, it could exist. That and if it could exist, that we would be one of four schools. Or I think I right. saw the, the graphic had four schools. That Michigan State would be. I mean, that for me was the the more unbelievable thing. That somehow players in the John L. era were getting drafted uh, by the by the National Football League was hey. Drew Stanton, watch your mouth. Well, that's okay. That's fair. But like every year, I mean, it was just, you know, <clears throat> it was, um, so yeah, I guess one hates to see that. That's a little bit of a bummer, but I, I just have no identity built around it. I, I did see there was some criticism of Mel Tucker floating around. And I just think maybe I'll put this out here because I assume everyone else feels the same way. But the argument goes... Mel Tucker is trying to sell this notion that he has all these connections to the NFL and yet couldn't make a call to get one of his guys drafted. Hmm. Like, yes, thank you. That's, it it feels like a a frivolous criticism from the jump. Yeah. Is there anyone actually attempting to make that argument? Yeah. Some Spartans, which I don't, I don't know. I think you don't like Mel Tucker for some reasons other than anything to do with him being a football coach. If like you're all teed up to blame him for this, yeah. bro, if if this is really a thought in your head, you don't understand how rosters work on NFL teams. You, you think some NFL GM is going to put his job on the line to do a salad for Mel Tucker. This is not how the system right. works. I, I know there's I always mean, those stories of like, you know, X player got drafted to X team because the owner, blah, 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 blah. It's like maybe like plus or minus like four spots. Um, but there's no way that like any NFL GM or coach is going to put their job on the line just to get some player in the door, you know, just just to do a little fist bump to Mel Tucker. There's no way. I, I just want to say, if we're going to talk about Mel Tucker for a hot second, and I know this is changing the subject, that I am sort of in love with the guy. Mostly the uh, pretty effective uh, use of Instagram and Twitter to be disseminating images of him on the golf course in a Panama hat, smoking a cigar. <laughs> I am in love with this Mel Tucker. So just <laughs> wanted to just, you know, bookmark that for whenever. Alex, uh, Alex's Mel Tucker is off-season Mel Tucker. Yeah, it's my Mel Tucker. I mean, he's am I on-season Mel Tucker too, but I'm just living for this spring. Uh, uh, somehow stylish khaki. We're not talking about a like a pleated uh, flat like a front khaki. Yeah, we're not talking about a hardball khaki. We're talking about like a fitted, tailored, uh, you know, Panama hat uh, enabled or uh, accoutrement accessorized uh, cigar smoking khaki that's what and that khaki is i make six million dollars a year khaki <laughs> yeah, it's a great khaki yeah uh um, i could go for one of those khakis mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well uh i guess before we head to maybe some uh more upbeat football news we sort of mentioned it and it is worth uh at least you know in that some people listen because this is the way that they they hear news about michigan state michigan state athletics but uh, one of the commits, the signed commits from the class of 2021, uh, Stephen Johnson, uh, who was out of Florida, uh, was arrested and has allegedly, um, he's been charged with, uh, I believe, possession of uh, underage pornography is what we'll yes. call it, and extortion. Mm. Um, 
and so I, I don't think it's necessarily uh, completely useful to just regurgitate the facts of the allegations. Um, it is worth you know uh, mentioning that these are allegations and quite serious. Um, he obviously has to go through the process of, of having all this adjudicated, but either way, MSU uh, within 24 hours pulled his uh, scholarship and he will not be on the football team, which I think we could all agree is, is the right decision. Yeah. That's a bye-bye. So, yeah, I think so. I, I am, I am encouraged at how quickly they moved. I mean, I, I think this is a program now, which has been, well, one would one would have thought many times back thoroughly chastened enough to do the right thing quick enough, and uh, and they proved us wrong. But here, I guess they they did they did themselves and everyone else a solid. So let's hope that's what it was. Yeah, uh, Greg, uh, your favorite player's new player name, I think. Am I correct on that? Committed to MSU. Quaverius. Quaverius. Quiverus Crash, I, I think. Yes, is. I loved your the the most Harry Potter sounding name is yeah. I believe how you rephrased it. Uh, yeah, so the, this is very exciting. So we teased this last week, but Quiverus Couch uh, Crouch, pardon me, is a transfer from Tennessee. Um, kind of an athlete out of high school, a little bit linebacker, a little bit running back. He's now fully committed, I believe, to the linebacking position, which, as we discussed last week room to play there right in the linebacking core at Michigan State so the expectation is that he will be spending time uh on the field this fall he did actually play for Tennessee interestingly enough and there has been some question about the numbers that he was putting up there but I would just point out true freshman playing in the SEC uh for what that's for a, worth for a staff that got fired at the end of yes. the year Yes. So a lot of room to run with Mr. Crouch uh, and a lot of opportunity on the MSU linebacking core. So this is a good match and one that the uh, coaching staff, it seems, is very excited about. Right. Yeah, I I think his the big sell on Crouch is that his uh, a place we didn't have great things at the linebacker core is athleticism. Mm -hmm. And as you mentioned, former running back. Uh, in the four-two-five scheme, those two guys need to cover a lot of ground. So his sort of lateral and vertical quickness will be huge—a huge boost in the skill at that at that spot. And I think aren't most of the linebackers now transfers? Uh, yeah, we're getting to that point. <laughs> <laughs> there's Van Summeren, Crouch, uh, Tank, and then uh, there's one I'm missing. I swear. It doesn't matter because half of the football team is going to be brand new in the fall. So <laughs> speaking of which, that leads to our next topic. Yeah. Plum, how did you feel when the group chat uh, just became update after update after update of what, eight or nine players leaving in a single day from MSU after the spring practice? Yeah. You know what? I said, good riddance. And I was <laughs> grateful that the Mel Tucker program is working as intended. Uh, if you don't fit the culture and you're not here to perform, then I wish you the best of luck at Middle Tennessee State or the University of Arkansas at Bluffton or the less known but well-respected University of Northern South Dakota at Hoople. So that's what I say to them. What, what are you trying to say, less known? Hoople. Hoople. Yeah, you're right. It is well-known. Come well on, man. Who, do, who don't know Hoople? It's a well-known Summit League school. Very well-known. 
I mean, so for as much as people made a thing about the uh, what I've affectionately called as the purge on our outline here, um, <laughs> none of these players had played a snap. A lot of them were from D'Antonio's last class. Um, I think the most tenured one to leave was Diari Todd, who was going into his fifth year, hadn't had not played a snap ever. Mm. So, you know, uh, it's okay, right? Like, uh, no animus, but they just weren't they just weren't a fit for Mel. It's not. It's certainly not what a lot of the. And as 2020 commits, they're younger kids, right? Like, so it's, it's very much not what they signed up for. Um, and so it's okay. Uh, I think it's notable though, that as we sort of do the, as Greg likes to talk about recruiting peer groups, um, it's notable that all of these players seem to be going to like Mac schools or division two schools, and most of Tucker's uh, transfers coming in are from the SEC and ACC. So yeah. just different. Can I ask, uh, can I ask, is that fifth year, he redshirted a year and he never played a snap. I mean, is that common? Maybe, maybe he's a third year. Maybe I misstated, but no, I don't know that it necessarily is that uncommon. I mean, how do you stay motivated? Is it just, and, and do programs have enough money that they can just throw scholarships at guys that they're never going to give a snap to? I mean, that is really striking to me. Let me make sure. I mean, it, just in general. I, I'm not even talking about this guy anymore. But I, mean, I wonder, yeah. is this actually a phenomenon? Because how do you stay motivated? Why would you show up? I would be so embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed to show up to practice. I'd be embarrassed to show up at the Scandalaris Center. I'd be embarrassed to show up on Saturdays and dress. I don't know. Is that me? Maybe that's Yeah. Me. I mean, there are definitely times where you look at the roster and you're like, who are one third of these dudes? I've never heard their name before. Or maybe you followed them in recruiting. Um, it is not uncommon for you well, to get fairly far but, along and not really contribute to the team. Also, Plum, that that particular player, D.R.E. Todd, uh, it, it is worth noting um, that he tra- he's, he's transferring out as a grad transfer. And... Uh, Tip of the cap, kudos, shout out. uh, First in his generation to do it. um, uh, First in his generation, rather, to to graduate with a college degree. So great. All right. uh, Well done. Yeah. Um, The there was something else related to. Oh, uh, a bit of a transfer out update. Um, Dominique Long, who uh, I believe has transferred out as a grad transfer as well. Uh, has found himself at Duke, uh, which is very exciting for him. Uh, hopefully he's able to find a bit more playing time there, particularly uh, um, in the secondary and less on special teams, but uh, excited for whatever degree he's pursuing in, as a graduate student. And then Justin Stevens, who we mentioned last week on the pod, has landed on Central Michigan as his uh, next destination. And I think it's time we all pour one out. As as we speculated last week, Theo Day has entered the transfer portal. Yes. yes. After being passed by Noah Kim. <laughs> by every by absolutely everyone. Aww. I think there were walk-ons that got more throws in the spring game than Theo Day. Uh who I believe Theo Day did have one throw in the spring game and airballed it uh big time. So um not great. But uh Theo will 
uh, will land somewhere and we'll be happy for him when he does. Anything else related to football before we move on to basketball? Uh, let's take the medicine. Okay. Let's just go. So, for months, we've been saying, Amani, Amani is coming. Maybe coming. Possibly coming. Maybe coming. Okay. Uh, and indeed, when a while back, Brendan Quinn wrote a massive article and people speculated Amani would not be coming to Michigan State. And Amani tweeted out, we were quick to point out that don't, don't believe unless you hear it from Amani. Well, Amani has spoken. He is decommitted from Michigan State University. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. It's He's fine. fine. We're fine. He's fine. Yeah, we're fine. Okay. Well, let's wildly speculate, shall we? Yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into the bag, shall we say. Yeah. Is there any chance that this was driven by MSU? Think about the the MSU roster situation right now. There are two open scholarships. If Amani were to were to actually reclassify, as had been uh, speculated as a possibility. With like Boache. Yeah. And like we come have two to, spots. to MSU this year he would have taken one of those two scholarship spots, right? So I imagine this has generated some degree of, and I'm going to use the word that that Plum hates. We're about to trigger Plum here. Woo. Some degree of communication between Izzo and the Bates camp about mm. where Bates is. Is he going to reclassify? Is he going to come here the next year? Um, or Or what the plan is? And do you think it's possible that the Bates camp told MSU that he's not going to reclassify, which is probably not a surprise to anyone. And then MSU asked, okay, so does that mean that next year is a go? And either the Bates camp, I'm just going to keep hitting that button. Why? Either said, we don't know yet, or something along the lines of maybe, maybe not. And MSU, at the, you know, the the Izzo coaching staff said something along the lines of... The Izzo camp? Yeah. It, <laughs> the, if we're going to keep a scholarship spot open, we need to know one way or another. And there was a mutual parting that drove all of this. Does Do we think that's a possibility? Or is that me trying to find the, the rose-colored interpretation of this entire situation? I think that is a um, very honest and uh, uh, a worthy effort on your part, uh, Kevin Grek, save for the multiple references to an inexplicable and unintelligent, uh, completely self-concocted camp. The concept uh, of the camp. The concept of the camp, which is both infuriating and degrading. Humiliating it should be, I should add. Uh, but back to the point, no, I think it's a really, I think that's really well said. And if, if Imani Bates and, and his, um, family, because that's really what it is, it's only his immediate family. It's a very sad, sad thing, but that you refer to yourself as a camp when it's just your aggressive father who started a school so that you could be a, anyway, this is becoming personal, but my point is this, he, he sat there on ESPN so that he could say how much he respected Tom Izzo and the and loyalty. And if any of that was true then I think what you said is probably accurate or, or very close to accurate. And I would like to choose to believe that. I think that sounds like some uh, fanfic from uh, the Red Cedar message board. Oh. Uh, I, I don't think that's the case at all. 
Hit well, me with it straight then, Michael. I think he's I, I I think he's a kid. I think he's a kid, and I think his parents, um, in 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 a way that I will not shame them at all for, have done their best to try and capitalize for their son, for their family, like on on what might be best for setting them up for generational wealth. Mm. Mm-hmm. I, and I don't begrudge them for that at all. And I do a little, but continue. I, it, it seems to me that it's entirely possible that a 16 year old kid changed his mind or that, you know, they said, why don't we see what else is out there? I mean, because in fairness, no one expected him to commit when he did. Mm-hmm. He's I. What we have no commits now in the t- class of 2022. That is correct. Yes, just walk-ons. So, I, like, I'm fine. I I keep saying that, like, as the you know, so like, no one write that I was mad. Like, I am actually okay. I, and isn't there something to the idea that if if he wasn't sure this was the place for him, then it's probably not the place for him. It, it does seem like there have been a number of things that have popped up in the last year since this commitment that have pointed at, this is maybe not the most natural of pairings. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. there, <laughs> when MSU has, has brought in superstar level players, they have had families that have very much fit into the mold that Tom Izzo has sort of built like you, you think about you think about Jaron Jackson's family. You know, his right. dad was a basketball player. Um, there wasn't that sort of like cover him in, you know, bubble wrap and like protect him from the the planet, you know, while we just try to get him off to the NBA as quickly as possible. And, and in fairness, that's because Jaron Jackson's family already benefited from that generational wealth. Sure. You think about the Gary Harris situation where his parents actually wanted him to stay for a third year um, because they just didn't think he was ready yet for the NBA. You think about the Miles Bridges situation where, you know, his mom very much wanted him to go to the NBA, but was also perfectly happy for Miles when he decided he wanted to come back to MSU for another year. That those three situations seem very, very different from the Bates family situation where they're, as Plum said, creating a school to create a controlled environment for him for two years or something like that. Um, It just, I don't think we at MSU, we've dealt with a family situation and a camp situation quite like the Bates situation. Um, and that's, I think, ultimately, to your point, Greg, sorry to interrupt you, but I think to, that is to my to the, to the larger point that I want to make, which is good riddance. I mean, this is a lot of, it's just a lot of baggage to have to deal with. It's a lot of kowtowing and deference and hype and machine and, again, camp. It's too much. It's just too much. And I guess there are programs that are used to that. I think about Duke and UNC and there's, you know, but our, our, where our school has not been one. I mean, we just, Michigan State is not a place where you typically get recruits that are this absolutely full of themselves. And I think 
I don't think that that is, you know, come back to culture again and again and again. And anyone that listens to the pod is probably sick of me talking about it. But I think that you get a player that's a one and done like this. I don't think that adds anything to the culture. And I don't think that the amount of work that has to happen in that space adds anything to the culture around what you have to do to make somebody like this fit in and happy. So, and, and the writer of that story that Jonesy mentioned, Brennan Quinn of the athletic, who is the closest member of the media that has been to the, to the family, you know, his reaction to this was, this is about control is what he said. So that is pretty incompatible with the Izzo approach. Um, and I think, Another thing that's that's made it clear to that I've kind of had in the back of my mind about like this is a weird pairing is the Big Ten is not a great conference for a guy that they want to again wrap up in in bubble wrap and just deliver on to the yep. NBA. Yep. Like Pac twelve, baby. Pac twelve. Yeah. Yes. If what you want is run and gun and you know, you're just jacking up shots and, and getting back and then jacking up another one, like the Big Ten is not the conference for you, and Tom Izzo is not the coach for you either. So I am surprised by this in that I thought, and you guys can check me on this. Tell me what you thought. I thought that there was a 85 to 90% chance that he was going to stay an MSU commit and then end up in either the G League or yeah. the NBA directly, or what is this, the new high school basketball league where they're paying players that we haven't talked about yet that was announced a few months ago. Wherever it is that that is. Or Europe. Or Europe, something like that. Although I wouldn't send them to Europe personally. Um, and then maybe like a 10% chance that he played at MSU. I didn't really think there was a chance that he was going to decommit and end up somewhere else. That was a big surprise to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Uh, that is, yes. I, I thought we would have gotten the, the sort of LeBron situation out of him. Yeah. You know, his relationship with Ohio state is sort of like, yeah, we, pre- we pretend right. But it never really happened. Um, and I think that would have been the same with Amani. You know, you wonder if how many people would have wanted to play with Amani. Like, would that have been a boon to recruiting in and of itself? Um, Apparently not. (laughs) Yeah, well, yeah, because no one else is in the class of 2022. So um, I don't think we got any commits during the time that he was committed, right? Because wasn't Boyachi already committed? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So anyway, there's that. And um, I guess, look, I think we probably feel, uh, it, you know, it's easy to gloss over and, and some listeners might rightly be like, well, that's not what you said before. This stinks. I mean, it, it stinks that we may not get to experience this. Um, but there were, it's not like we also hadn't been kind of dancing around some warning signs without trying to beat up on a 16 year old kid. So. I mean, there's a Nemani LOL title to one of our podcasts a few weeks ago. So <laughs> yes, that, that's fair. Um, let's, uh, uh, let's take a second to maybe chat though, about what we do have coming in on this team. Um, because there's still a lot to be very excited about. Um, we of course have talked about Tyson Walker, the transfer point guard uh, from Northeastern who's coming in, but we have uh, another 
uh, another point guard coming in, Jaden Akins. Uh, Greg, what do you like about Jaden? Well, I mean, he's doing a, a great job. We, we kind of talked about Jaden in at length a couple of weeks ago about how he's actually contributing out at wherever Tum Tum's taken over. Um, Sunrise. Sunrise, Sunrise Academy, Christian. which we didn't even talk about this. You know, there were red flags when he was kicked off of the Ipsy prep team. Um, so, yeah. you know, contributing there, which is not an easy it, situation it, to walk into. To be, to be fair, the red flags were about the relationship between yeah. Imani and, mm-hmm. and Akins. There are not, not, it's not necessarily red flags about Akins. Right. Right. I just want right. to be very clear about that. Red right. flags about the potential of those two being on the same team again in the future. Yes. Um, so you know, he walked into a situation where he was playing behind perhaps the, the best point guard prospect in the nation. Um, so that, that was a difficult situation to walk into. He was contributing there. Um, very exciting, um, six, three point guard, but then also not someone that you want to just, you know, throw the keys to year one. And we've talked about that as well. Yeah. Like freshman point guards in the big 10 do not do well they, they get as a rule. So that's Jade Nakins. Anything else that we want to talk about with Jade Nakins before we go on to Pierre? Uh, I think the two quick things I'd say about him is that he, uh, one way that he likely is going to fit in with Tom Izzo early is that he does seem to care quite a bit about his defense. Um, and it's, it's been a while since we've had a point guard who can play above the rim. I think it's worth mentioning that Jaden Akins can play above the rim. This, this should be a much more athletic team than it was in the past. I don't know how much Jaden Akins dunking we're going to see, but he can dunk and that's, that's great. Anyway, Pierre Brooks. Pierre Brooks. No, I'm going to take this one because this kid is from Detroit, where I live, where my home is in Detroit, the city of my home, where I currently live. (laughs) Detroit. (laughs) Uh, The kid is Michigan's Mr. Basketball for 2021. All six foot six of him. And although the Detroit Free Press did a very nice write-up article about him, um, that was has to be one of the worst written um, pieces of journalism I've ever read. you should yes. look it up. It's 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 particularly nauseating in, in parts, but you get to know a lot about the kid, I think, and the family. And I, to, I learned a couple things. Great uh, family dynamic. It seems like they all really like each other, and that the kid has been pushed to succeed. Um, when he was in middle school, he didn't make his team. I know I'm telling you more backstory than you probably want, and Greg, you can actually talk about the things that he is really good at. But the kid didn't make his like middle school basketball team, which was a huge letdown because his dad, you know, coached him when he was even younger and his dad played and all this kind of stuff. And the kid got better and went back to the, the AAU team that cut him and then finally made the team again. And they were sort of like, you don't, you're not angry. You're not like resentful. And he was like, no, I wanted to prove him wrong. And I think that kind of thing tells you something about a person um, mm-hmm. that you don't always see in every player. Maybe because not every player, you know, gets, maybe some players are just so good that they're, you know, preternaturally given these opportunities and they just rise to the occasion and this kid's worked and that this kind of work, you know, nose to the grindstone, blue collar ethic is something that we've seen um, uh, to make a pretty strong, successful uh, player. So anyway, very happy that we're getting a a Detroiter who's staying in the state of Michigan and he's going to make some big moves at Michigan state. But what should we know about him? Kevin? I just, I think it's worth mentioning, you know, who else was cut (laughs) from his middle school team? Michael Jordan. Wow. People are saying, People are saying, People. you know, who else is like basically six, six, I think. Oh my God. Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael. Wow. Wait, wait, this is wait. happening. 
This is happening. Did Michael Jordan win Mr. Basketball too? Wow. Wait. Wow. Heard it here, folks. Heard it here. You heard it here. Talk some Pierre Brooks. Uh, I mean, he's a wing and he does really good wing things. So that's exciting. That's what what you waited for. You got this out of me and then you got, he does wing things. He's got a shot. He can cut to the basket. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to do a whole Pierre Brooks, you know, breakdown. I don't have his, you know, numbers in front of me. I don't know how efficient a player he is. Well, we did talk about how he did shoot a three from the Spartan helm uh, in the, what was it? The semifinal game yeah, uh, and, and made it. So uh, yeah, he, he can shoot. Uh, he plays some defense. I, I think he's of the dudes coming in. I think he's the most sure fire to be around three plus years. Um, but I, okay. I don't know. There's some stuff about him that I really like. I'm excited about it. Uh, Max Christie. Uh, so five, the McDonald's all American. We yeah, saved five. the McDonald's all American. We were real cool about this one. <laughs> yeah. Max Christie is a five-star recruit out of the Chicago suburbs who, um, he's also six, six yes. and plays, plays the guard position. Yeah. Which means he's a, he's usually a solid, I don't know, two to four inches, sometimes six inches taller than the person guarding him in high school. <laughs> Well, I mean, he's he's a solid two to two to six inches taller than the person guarding him from Michigan State over the last few years would have been. Um, okay. Dude can shoot the three of the ball. That's yeah. that's the gist, right? Yeah, I, he is known as a volume shooter as a like the tide rolls in, the tide rolls out. Max Christie is going to put up shots, um, but he you know, he, I I was very impressed with some of his like in the open court moves that I've seen as well. He's got a little um, handle. Yeah. There, there's more to him and more to his game than just putting up shots. So we've got a couple guys here that right now, at least play in that, you know, five out type of, uh, type of offense. And we'll be able to get lanes to the hoop. Um, so it's, it's exciting. Um, little little known fact about the Christie's, uh, his younger brother, Cameron, a rising junior or sophomore to junior, uh, has an offer from Michigan State as well. So get the whole Christie family keeping in Keeping it in the family. Yeah. What's really exciting is that you're going to pair up a guy like Tyson Walker, who's, you know, running the game out of ball screens and then getting Max Christie the ball or getting Pierre Brooks the ball. That's the thing that Spartan fans have to be excited about. Or Joey Hauser the ball. Or Joey Hazar. Huh the ball as well uh no uh, i from what i've heard about max christie from um some folks who've who who watched him more because obviously we don't actually watch um prep athletics in the chicago suburbs Hmm. but um my understanding is max christie will uh will get his points every game and that he will just go on a disgusting run at some point in time where he just drains three after three after three. Um, but it's not that he's like hot from one night to the next. He'll just kind of go in these little spurts in within a game. He'll sort of go through hot spurts in a game and um, that you can bank on his, you know, 40% from three or four, you know, you can bank on his 40% from three every night. And so if he just shoots enough, you'll just get there, which I mean, 
we haven't had that in a while. <laughs> Correct. So, uh, all right. And then let's chat very briefly about a couple walk-ons and then a preferred walk-on. Uh, the first two is uh, Tom Izzo. Greg continues to be a hater, uh, but seems to be <laughs> stocking up from the football team with Malik Carr and Keon Coleman. Um, Keon Coleman, like uh, Pierre Brooks, also played D4 down in Louisiana. So some of his highlights uh, are a bit insane, but it's because he's playing against dudes who are my height. Um, and then Malik Carr didn't play this past year, but also a big bodied guy. I, I said this in the group chat. I think it's a bit worth repeating. Say what you will, but if these guys play any amount of basketball, we have upgraded the athleticism on the scout team by a lot. Okay. Spot the lie. Spot the lie. That they'll be on the scout team. But okay. Yeah. Continue. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Like that. Fine. Talk to me about Peter Nwoke. I don't know anything about Peter Nwoke. Uh Peter, his name is Peter. And uh he went to <laughs> this Orchard is the Lake brand new one, right? Yeah, Orchard Lake St. Mary's. Yeah. Plum uh, he, read the article. I read the article. He had offers from Oakland and Mississippi Valley State, which competes, and you'd be surprised, but competes against the University of Northern South Dakota at Hoople uh, every year. They have a home and away series that's been going on since, well, I think before World War II. So that's really great for both of those programs. Uh, he is not 6'6". Six, six. <laughs> he is not 6'6". Six, six. He is 6'8". Um, oh. You'll, oh. You'll be happy to know. Um He's originally from Nigeria, and his mother and his sister uh, supported him when he decided to come to the United States uh, to improve his education and also some other things, but also to, to, to see if he could do well with basketball, and he has. He hasn't seen his mother or his sister, who are his remaining family members, uh, immediate family members, it, since 2018, if you can believe it. Um, so the kid, is, the kid is good, and he is smart. He is very, very, very smart. Isn't he so, like a 4.23 or something? Yeah, with something five insane. Languages? Five languages, AP, up the wazoo. It's just great to see him add even more academic renown to the wonderful prowess of the Michigan State University program. So good for him. We are so glad. Hell yeah, see. Peter. Yeah. Make us proud. Yeah. Friend. Yeah. Very excited about that addition. Um, and frankly, 6'8 <laughs> doesn't hurt. That's right. So. That's right. Right you, right you are. Uh, all right, Greg, um, talk to me about some mortgages. Uh, or, wait, wait, we should wrap up that segment. Do we want to? Okay. Well, there are two more open scholarships and that's yeah. a concern. I mean, that's a big concern right now. Do we want to, do we want to speculate about which of the 2000 players in the transfer portal it might be? Yes. Yeah, the problem is MSU can't put 90% of them on the court. There, there are only a number of guys that are in the transfer portal that MSU has any use for. So it's a problem. It's a problem. Um, anyway, we'll talk about that next fill, week. Do you think they fill one, maybe leave one open? I hate the idea of leaving one open. Just fill it. Just in case Imani changes up. his mind again. Just there's maybe. no one, there's Who's no current walk-on that deserves a scholarship. So Hoiberg, not, come back. <laughs> do not leave it open. Put a senior, your best, any, the, whatever the best senior with one year of eligibility that you can get in that spot. Um, what if, I, I'm a little bit worried about this. What if honestly. Steven Izzo hit the transfer portal? Would that be bad? <laughs> it's a bad omen. Bad for the culture. Let's right? not go there. All right. So, Brandon Sands. Hey, listen. 
have have you ever thought about buying a home? Um, Plum, have you ever thought about buying buying a home? I, I actually did. I bought my home. Did you know? Yeah. That <laughs> banks will help you finance that process. Did you wait, know about wait, this? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. I there's a man who works at a Myers and he drives an old Buick and his trunk is Meyer. actually I opened up the he opened the trunk and there was a, just a lot of money and uh, and that's how I, I used that money from the man's trunk to buy my hmm. house. Well, that's nice. Not all of us know Frank, so for the rest of us, <laughs> we have to hmm. we have to go to a bank <laughs> and we've got to get enough money to buy a house and. Just in the way that Plum's got a guy at Meyer, you've got a guy. Yeah. You've got a guy at Guaranteed Rate. There's a man by the name of Brandon Sands. Let me tell you a little something about Brandon Sands. Is that Brandon with an E? Sands with a Z? <laughs> it is. It is Brandon with an E, Sands with a Z. And the man has a consultative approach. He'll sit down with you. He'll have a drink with you. He'll go over all of your documents. He'll walk you through every step of the way. You can feel really good about the whole process. Not as good as if you rolled up at Meyer with Frank and he just opened up, you know, hit the boot of the trunk and it popped open and there's some cash in there. I don't know what that whole situation is, by the way. But Brandon Sands would be like, what? Yeah, I'm not Frank. No. But you know what? I got the power of guaranteed rate behind me and we'll get you that cash one way or another. Okay? So give Brandon a call. No, now that rates are at historic lows. Not the Houses lows are of all flying time. off the market. That's right. But you don't have to worry about the stress of that financing side of things. The stress of finding a house, the stress of choosing one, sure, that's going to be there. But Brandon Sands will be your rock through that process. So look him up at rate.com slash Brandon Sands. It's rate.com slash Brandon Sands, Brandon the knees, Sands with the Z. And then go on down to Meyer and see if uh, Plum will hook you up with his dude as well. But if that Thanks. falls through, rate.com slash Brandon says. <laughs> All right, uh, gentlemen, let's head off Grand River. And this is a, a moment where um, we're just going to roll the red carpet out for uh, one Alex Plum. Because the NCAA has extended Mark Emeritt through 2025 as their uh, as, as their leader. I, uh, I, I don't agree. I, I disagree. Yeah, I disagree. And, it uh, it is disappointing. It is, uh, ba- baffling, I guess. Could you say baffling? I mean, shameful, embarrassing. Uh, the NCAA has no interest in accountability. It has no interest in transparency. It has no interest in, good sound decision-making in responsible leadership in a culture of success in servant leadership. I don't, I mean, how many other buzzwords can I throw at this? The man is a joke. The NCAA is a joke. And then those, in this sense, the two fit together well. And so I guess I'm happy for them. Um, but a two year contract extension, I, it wasn't like he was being fired tomorrow. It wasn't like end of the summer, Mark, you know, pack up your off. The guy was, was was through 2023 as it was. So why? What has he done at all this year? And listen, I'm not saying that that the pandemic year was the year to make good decisions or or was the year where anyone was going to come out looking especially effective at anything that they've tried. 
I know I certainly wouldn't say that about myself in my own work. So I might be willing to give the guy some bit of a break. But the NCAA is an organization deciding to go beyond what anyone asked for to extend his contract two more years to 2025. It's just dysfunctional, idiotic, and beneath contempt. The man is, an, is a boob. He is a walking puddle of, of you know what it is? I'll tell you what he's a walking puddle of. He's a walking puddle of sour crab meat and dead tadpoles. There it is! That's what Mark Emmert is, and he smells as bad to boot. Boo, Mark Emmert. I say boo to you. Okay. I, I have a thought on this, and follow me on this. Um, do, you, do you know Ticketmaster? Ticketmaster is the, the company that you pay when you want to go see a band live and they scrape all of the money from your wallet. The ticket the is band X live? amount. The, yeah. If you want to go see Ed Kowalczyk they, they sing Lightning they Crashes. They exclusively book live concerts. You, you, want, you want to go see your guy, Ed Kowalczyk, sing Lightning Crashes, right? And you go to the website and it says, it's going to cost you $5 to see the band live play the county fair. And you say, $5, that's reasonable. I'll take that. And then you go to the Ticketmaster checkout and they're like, oh, that's great. Here, why don't we put on a, a $14 uh, convenience fee, you know, to get you to email you the tickets. And you're like, okay, well, I'm already committed. And they're like, okay, well, you know, well, so there's a, there's like four other fees and they sum up to like uh, $55. And now the $5 charge is a $70 charge. Thank you, Ticketmasters, taking all of this money. Bye. And everyone gets really mad at Ticketmaster, right? Well, the truth is that the bands love to have Ticketmaster as a bad guy because everyone gets upset about how expensive it is to go to shows. And the bands are like, there's nothing we can do. It's a Ticketmaster thing. It's a Ticketmaster. What? Uh, what do you want from us? The Ticketmaster. There it is. And in the same situation, the presidents of the university like having Mark Emmert go out there and take all the heat for the NCAA <laughs> yes. and be a good soldier. And that's who makes the decision to make the renewal for another two years to just parade Mark out to take the body shots while the university presidents get to be like, Oh, you know, we just, you know, we just wanted to play the County fair. What can we do? The NCAA, what can we, you know? And I think that's why. Mark Emmert gets himself a two-year extension because he's willing to be the dude that gets the minute of hate. Your analogy um, gets 10 points for ad-libbing, but negative 50 for not just going with the NFL commissioner. (laughs) Three, the guy gets almost $3 million a year. And I think it's just base compensation. Jesus God. What do you think is, what do you think it's bonused for? I'm a little bit concerned Hurting. that you weren't listening to every word Hurting. and you were paying time. You're spending time looking up that, that contract. I don't Hurting. appreciate Hurting that. Hurting children. You. Hurting children. His contract, the performance metrics there, all of those KPIs are all about causing and inflicting emotional distress in the lives of protected classes of, of, of U.S. Americans, particularly women, the disabled, children, cancer survivors, um, I don't know how, but he does and he does it effectively and he is compensated well for it. Good for him. We also want to thank our friends at preserved homemade, <laughs> a, <laughs> a goods and provision store, bringing the taste of home in the form of homemade treats. 
If you've not had a chance, you need to check out Preserved Homemade on Instagram at preserved underscore homemade. Follow them on the old Twitter machine at preservedh or head to their website at preserved-homemade.com to treat yourself or someone you loved some homemade goodness. When are we going to get that that uh, big news drop? Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't know. Tell I us, Preserved know. Homemade. Tell us. We're excited. Preserved. preserved. We, we, we miss your Twitter questions. Uh, maybe you could do a, a Twitter question of did you see what was in my newsletter? <laughs> okay. Speaking of Twitter questions, thank you again, as always, Preserved Homemade. That is preserved-homemade.com. Uh, first up, on the on the Twitters, we got one back. Nick Kamaski is back. Wait, you got to explain the power rankings, buddy. Oh, go ahead. Explain your power rankings. No, no, no let no, me explain it, them. I wasn't part of this conversation. This was made last week when I was not on the pond, and this is how you know that I am a second-class uh uh, citizen, when it you know, comes you to were this. invited to be on the podcast last week, and you chose. Yeah, that's otherwise. You, you have a standing av- invitation, and and you chose to to what officiate Uber drivers? Okay, yeah, not not untrue. Nothing, nothing untrue. In what he said, but still. So you know what? Because of this, you can agree to have the power rankings, but I'm going to set the rules for the first week of the power rankings. Ah, okay. And I don't know what I'm about to say, so I'm going to just say it. This week, I just ad libbed a whole segment. So that's a great let's see point. what you got. Uh, this week's uh, power rankings. Uh, I don't know even where to begin. Uh, something about Mark Emmert and how much I don't like him, and the number of consonants in your posts that are. Unnecessary. I feel like this gives Nick Kamansky an unfair advantage. Also, maybe uh, a rule that we should have given them up front so they could yep. endeavor to put consonants. Yeah. In so next, post. so this week we're just I'm gonna just assign scores based on my own personal frustrations with my own life, and you'll have to define what they are in light of how I score you. And that's actually how we always score things. Ah, uh, I, right I believe. What is it, uh, Greg? How much does the first week end up counting for in the the grand scheme of rankings? Very little. Ninety percent. Very, very, very little. Ninety. If we're so, using the same ranking that we used last year, it's a heavy. What have you done for me lately? Flawed ranking system. And I think we did the math once, and the first week turns out to be like five percent, even in a four week. Uh, we need to fix that system, and we will get on it. But know that this counts for almost nothing, except if you don't do it, it can hurt you big time. Uh, first up, Nick Kamansky asking, "What did he miss?" Papa well, Nick Kamansky, done being a dad, doesn't need it anymore. Back on the turn machine. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick Kamansky, uh, who was sticking up for the assistant defensive line coach uh, at the the University of Michigan, by the way. I don't know that story. <laughs> oh, you didn't see this? Could not care less. A fool's errand, Nick. Oh. I have done such a good job of insulating myself from news from that university. That I, this was honed. This process was honed in the fires of the hiring of Harbaugh, where I had to just like put up some kind of barrier between me and everything that was being produced by the Detroit media during that time. And it has been so effective that I get almost no news out of the university of Michigan, except for that news that I choose to read about all the atrocities going on over there right now. <laughs> but, um, continue. So help me understand what this was. Oh, our 80 year uh, draft streak uh, ended and, um, and some assistant to the assistant coach decided to make a, a joke about that on, on Twitter. Um, and, uh, 
which is, is saying something when you were a 24 point favorite and, and lost to, to said school. But, um, the, the gist of it was that, it, uh, I, the, the conversation started to be, isn't it more embarrassing to have as many draft picks as Michigan has and be so bad at football? Yeah. They're used to that though. That's and, well, and, and that was, that was what was alarming about Nick's response is that, well, we had nine wins or 10 wins last year. It was fine. It's like, but dude, foolish. So you have so many pro prospects. Anyway, that's what you missed, Nick. You missed that. I still don't like your school. Anything else that he missed? Well, he's got another question here. Uh, Will Tom Izzo sign the 2022 basketball class or will he decide to explore when Ben Carter has eligibility remaining to fill any roster holes? Will will actually Nick uh, Ben Carter transferred for his last year of eligibility to Michigan State, so there isn't any remaining, but thank you. Uh, It is a concern, though, that there is no 2022 basketball class. Um, I don't know what's going to happen there. It is. Uh, Are we watching the fall of Tom Izzo in real time? Uh, no, we're yeah. obviously not watching the fall of Tom Izzo in real time. Although so it's not that concerning. It was a very D'Antonio type move who he chose to hire as his uh, assistant yep. Yep. coach. So maybe yep. some fair criticism there. Uh, Plum, last from Nick Kamansky. With offers going out earlier and earlier these days, is it too soon to expect an MSU scholarship offer for future long snapper Teddy Kamansky. You know, I'm going to just say, and this is, you know, take this how you want to, Nick. That name is really close to Theodore Kaczynski. And I just wonder, (laughs) and I just wonder if you guys thought about that, you know? And if you didn't, there's still time. So, uh, okay. Raymond Chains, uh, by a different name, has uh, his first question for me. Um, and I have to imagine this is a throwback to last week's episode, which I did listen to, when the hosts very disparagingly implied, I might Notice say, said hosts. <laughs> hurtful, that I was not a Division One caliber athlete. I found that to be both distasteful and accurate, but still. Uh, can you tell us how you kicked the winning goal to win the NCAA Division One tournament? I believe the final is held under the lights at Spartan Stadium, and your opponents were the Wolverines. That should classify things. You're absolutely right. I was. John L. fetted me with champagne and c- cigars and some bold handsiness, I might say. But everyone appreciated it, and it was lovely. So it, things were different in those days. They were. They that's were. How, yep. That's how business was done. That's how it was. Didn't done. we have? Our fre- was it our freshman year or sophomore year? Just the absolute worst kicker. <laughs> yes, you're talking about. John I mean, Goss? it was like yes, Goss. yes, yeah. Like Nick Saban even wouldn't have taken him. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. I don't. I don't understand that. Nick Saban gets whoever he wants, even without giving out scholarships. But uh, yes, I do remember at the end of Nick that Saban year, is- they stopped even attempting extra points. Correct. They just started going for going two. For two. All right, uh, Jones, this week on Behind the Scenes with Tom Izzo. Tom is unsure if he wants to upload footage of himself dunking on Steve Izzo. <laughs> what do you think? Also, at dinner with Antonio breaks down after the D suggests store brand pasta sauce. You're funnier than a brass aglet on the dunghill. <laughs> so. it's, just, it's, just a, it's just a downward spiral. <laughs> 
Did you guys not? Did you guys truncate something and you copied that? No. Yeah, I, I That's think the thing. That, um, I also had to look up what aglet is. <laughs> what is? Yeah, tell us. What is aglet? To, I don't it's the so you know on a on a like a a drawstring, yeah, or a, a shoelace where there's the like little metallic thing that wraps around the the end. That's oh! an aglet. I've always thought of yes. that as an eyelet. Well, the eyelet is the no, hole. The aglet is the plastic dilly that keeps it pointy. What? That's had, that it has a name. The brass aglet on the dunghill. A metal I mean, it's or very plastic fetching tube. dunghill. Wow, fixed tight. Uh, I would love to see Izzo just annihilate the rim over Stevie. I want it to be on like a plastic Fisher Price though, so <laughs> the comedic <laughs> effect of those two shotties going at it would be great. <laughs> I love that. I'll take them. I'll take them both. Uh, Raymond chains. Uh, and finally plum or no, we'll go with Jonesy. Does MSU basketball still have commits who will change things, be factors and crush Wolverines underfoot? Uh, I think we went over them. Uh, Raymond, I think we are genuinely really excited about this class that just came in. It is to Greg's point concerning that there is not a class after it. Um, but the, the, the one that we have coming in are, uh, three dudes well technically four who probably are going to be around for a bit yeah and uh yep. and should grow so um not physically but you know uh, in their skills with a z so yeah agree agree um this next question is interesting for the upper deck jerk guy given that until i see amani in a college uh basketball jersey i don't think it will ever happen or i i won't believe that it'll ever happen but uh what is worse, Plum, Amani decommit or no one drafted? They're kind of two things that don't really matter in effect. Yeah, I think so too. I'm going to say the worst thing is no one drafted. Imani means nothing to me, and I like uh, uh, historical little dealies that make me feel good about myself like that one did. For the they're, it's a, it's a it. great question because they're both things that like do matter but also don't matter at the same time. Opportunity Jerk Guy slyly bringing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, I like that question a lot, even though it's, you know, kind of obvious for this week, but, uh, Jonesy next up from the upper deck jerk guy, what happens with two empty scally slots? Walk-ins? Oh. Walk-ins? I, so I have to say when, when I, when I read that, I was like, what's a sholly shot? Uh, cause I read shot and then cause the walk-ins and I'm, I thought this was about vaccinations. I, it was a whole thing. Anyway, um, we kind of already no, covered this too. Yeah. No, no, no. If the walk-ins get them, that is a failure of literal imagination on the part of Tom Izzo. And, and they're walk-ons, which is a, a failure of word yes, choice you. on the part of the upper deck jerk guy. Uh, but no, you, you cannot fill two scholarship spots with garbage. You have got to put actual guys in there. That can contribute there, in one way or another. There is you. You could say you can go into the transfer portal right now and say who is best that's left, and that is a better choice than than giving it to. And and then if you want to be more selective, to Greg's point, who's the best grad transfer who's left? We'll give it to because we can take the depth anywhere. I mean, even if it's a center, we could use it. But you can make some people. It's fine anyway. Um, 
All right, gentlemen, both of you, if you could sacrifice a limb to get MSU football and Natty, would you? And which limb? Oh, Who's putting it on the line? My God. Uh, 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 the limb, question is how much of the limb? Because yeah. I, I kind of like, you know, like uh, in the Special Olympics, how they have the blade now for guys, you know, partial leg amputees. The blade is pretty rad. Yeah. And honestly, I... In some ways, I kind of think it's an upgrade from like this these dumb feet that we have. Mm. What about They're Buster's just, claw? Mm. Oh, like um, like either a Buster claw or like a you know Winter Soldier type arm situation. Those are real, right? Um, I choose to believe it. Yeah, I would I would give my left leg if I could get a blade, like in the you know like in the Olympics, and I you know just become that much more. Athletic, of course. Would would you just take the right one off then, just so you could have matching blades? Sure. Yeah. Right. I would do that. Not even for the natty. Like, if you wanted to throw that in, that would be fine. I'd be happy to do that. Um, to accept that. Um, but I just kind of think that the blades are cooler than uh, feet by a lot. So that's where I'm at. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna sacrifice a limb here. I think this yeah. is not important enough to me. To do that i am good um uh bama have adam uh all right next up anthony garvert on a scale of one to pit of despair from princess bride <laughs> where did this week rank for msu athletics it does seem very pit of despair for playing no actual games yeah i like that you yeah greg's response to this was msu taking a lot of l's for not playing a game <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, Garvert, eh, yeah, I mean, I don't, it doesn't give a lot. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Garvert, mm-hmm. you, you give banger questions, not your best. Uh, <laughs> what, just because he made you I feel like feels doesn't mean it's yeah, a bad question. I agree. It's a, don't take no, it out on the guard. What, what are we supposed to talk about? You give a number, giving a number is the response. Oh my God. All right, Greg. Anthony, I'm very sorry. Yeah, we're sorry. That was a fine question. It was a fine question. Greg, what's the point of having NFL ties if you can't schmooze someone to make a pity pick in the seventh round? Come on, Mel. All right, I'm choosing to believe, Garv, that this is a joke, that you're making a light of mistake. We've already talked about it. Uh... Correct. Yeah, real test of your NFL ties, Mel. You're out here selling bridges to folks. Come on, get it together, Mel. Uh, next up from Garvert Plum, prop bet of the week. Pick the over under for each. He's being more clear uh, oh. with us now that we identify. We, we said that we we aren't entirely sure how to read some of these questions, but yeah. um, over under for each number of seasons Mel coaches at MSU versus number of NFL picks he produces on day one and two of the draft during his time at MSU over under at 6.5. And that's oh. rounds one through three for the listeners. I'm going to say um, over on the seasons under on the draft picks. Really? So what you're saying is he's going to get a contract extension yep. without producing more than seven NFL first through third draft picks. Oh yeah. I don't, well, we had none this year, right? Yep, off to a bad start. Off to a bad start, which isn't his fault. That was D'Antonio's. And D'Antonio, how many did D'Antonio, how many did D'Antonio produce a year? Uh, less than one. So Probably maybe one on average. So when and he wasn't suffering for contract extensions, was he? He left on his own free will. 
Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm. That's that's where I'm gonna go. Okay. Well reasoned, uh, Jonesy. You gotta. Uh, I'm gonna go ahead and say. I'm gonna choose to be a bit of an optimist. Under over. Oh. Think he's, under over. You think he's gonna be so good that he goes to the NFL himself to coach? I don't know. I mean, there are there are only a handful of jobs that are, I think are truly that compellingly better of a job than MSU. The NFL is certainly one of them. The and NFL is one of the jobs. <laughs> yeah, well, you you get my point. I mean, like two teams. Yeah, f- fine, but like it's it's a any one of them could open up. But in, in college football, how many are there? Really, how many are better? Hmm. So, I just I tend to think that yeah, he probably leaves the NFL or the SEC. Interesting. That's at some point. Okay. All right. Um. Next up from Joe Ashworth. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it sucks that Shaq Brown, Shakur Brown, didn't get drafted. Pick a projected starter that you would have been willing to give up in order to keep the NFL draft streak alive. Michael Jones. This is going to be unpopular. Let's have it. Jacob Panashuk. Oh. Oh. Is Panashuk going to get drafted, though? No, no, no. No, no. Uh, I I read that as like a... Uh, just make a sacrifice to the to the football yeah, to the gods. gods. Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's how I read it anyway. All right. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's a position. Uh, okay. I guess I'll take it. I give up I Matt mean, Coughlin, and <laughs> I think we just have anyone go out there and kick it, or we just don't. Bring back John Goss. Bring maybe. back John Goss. <laughs> Here. If only John L. Smith had been as progressive as the folks down at Vandy were, and he just went down to the like the women's soccer team the and been like, team? "Can any of you do this job? <laughs> Please, I have this moron over here." The outcomes uh, of the games were similar uh, between <laughs> Vanderbilt and, and MSU football. Um, next up from Joe Asheville, uh, Plum, an angel investor, cough, Ishbia, cough. <laughs> has decided to invest in off-campus housing in East Lansing, and you are in charge. What what amenities set you apart from the current crop of student housing options? God, well, as a former RA who never left, uh, who never lived lived off campus, I mean, I will, that summer after I graduated, Mark Allen and I lived in a a house, I think, on Gunson for uh, three months. Uh, oh, that was under construction half the time, as I recall. So that was not an ideal location. Mm-hmm. I think you need to have a roof. Uh, that's important. <laughs> and walls for inside uh, with doors that close and open. Um, and uh, air conditioning would be a good one for the summertime when they're uh, relaxing after a hard day of practice. None of these AC. amenities are currently available in off-campus housing. I think I think most of the housing stock, off-campus housing stock in East Lansing, is both derelict, decrepit, and probably should uh, be like the old farm frat just torn down. So, if it if it is indeed housing 
that we're talking about. I agree with that. But man, some of these new high-rise apartments and the amenity decks are out of control. But I will say, Joe Ashworth, what each one of them lacks is a WeWork-style keg constantly tapped, just flowing with beer. And that's where I would go. Put it up on the roof and just... Are there any rooftop pools in East Lansing yet? I think so. I think the hub has a rooftop pool. I believe. I could be mistaken about that. I don't know what the hub is. What what about one of those little, like... um old timey phone booths but when you pick up the phone it just rings to magic johnson and he like casting oh always get irv yep at any time anytime and he has some very 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 positive but vanilla tweet yeah he just answers with yeah congrats to the lady vols on their victory today yeah just or hey you can do it and then you're like you could but you can still hear him breathing like he's not contracted to keep talking to you but he can't be the first one to hang up (laughs) So you can like hear him like typing in the background or whatever. And you just like, you know, he wants to get off, but he's contractually obligated to stay on with you. And he'll listen. He rarely replies though, even though you're like crying and like your grandmother just died and whatever else. But it's cool. Yeah. It's like the, the phone in the, uh, in the Watchmen series, right? Where you can talk to <laughs> Mr. Manhattan. Oh boy. We're going far afield right now. And that means Joe Ashworth is doing well. Uh, he <laughs> ends it with many of us have fond memories of riding the Cata trolley to enjoy the best of what downtown Lansing has to offer on a Friday or Saturday night. I E Omar's, uh, <laughs> choose a new exciting Lansing area destination for the trolley and describe how lit I will be on the ride home at 2 AM. Uh, you Joe, get to, I love this question. You get to go to the Lansing mall where there's that, the honky tonk bar that doesn't exist anymore. Oh my God. And every Friday or Saturday night, is there you a, can bowl? Put a brick through the window that it's provided on the cat, a trolley. And then you and everyone else on the trolley climb in there, raid what's left of the liquor bar, do whatever you want in that giant open space. And then, you know, at 2.30 or 3 in the morning, whenever you're done, you hop back in the Cata trolley, back to campus. And then you do the whole thing with a new brick the following week. Yeah. Or go to the now. Bring back Theo's. Yeah, bring back Theo's. Theo's or the permanently closed green door, which is where I saw uh, the now uh, emeritus president Barack Obama give his uh his, his no way yeah, that's why i watched him give his announcement speech that he oh. was going to run for president oh i thought you were saying oh saw him Barack obama was no. at the green door and i'm like no, that would, what that would be incredible uh yeah. don't tell jonesy but theo's is uh yeah no i know to the ground yeah no i know totally gone yeah totally that's gone. what i'm saying whole, bring back theo's. the whole building is gone too though it is they raised the whole gone. thing I mean, wow. how much did you need that sort of greenhouse space? Oh, I just love it. That that's the classic diner. I mean, that's what you that, want. It's a that's whole thing. Apart. They sold it to a woman who just ran that thing into the ground oh. in like two years. It was it was a super bummer. It's one of yeah. the bigger bummers on the planet. Yeah. You know, COVID, less a bummer. Sure. Than what happened to, to Theo. Oh, 100 percent There's no doubt. Um, All right. Next up <laughs> yeah. from CTTC, Joe Ashbury gets a lot of points for just how off the rails that went. Yeah. Jonesy, does ending uh, MO, we kind of already covered this, but does ending MSU's draft streak hurt D'Antonio's legacy? Yes. It hit better. Yeah. It hit better. I think I, I think it hurts his I think it hurts his legacy. I, I hadn't fathomed the idea that it could happen. Like I hadn't fully considered that real, and I thought Shakur Brown leaving early, and particularly when people were talking about him as a third or fourth round pick, like, you know, you, you just you thought you took it you took it for granted. This in my mind is like, uh, 
a very serious body blow to to the D'Antonio legacy. Um, it kind of I, proves the haters wrong a little bit. You know, the criticisms of him in his last few years, it is fodder for them. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, when and when I say, uh, I think what I mean about a body blow too in particular is that as time goes on, I think we will we will pass by this and we will forget about it. But when you when you go when you rewind and you and you do the real sort of dissection, you'll see the damage that was done there. And and I, it like, because it, it's it's not it's not just the failure to recruit, but it's also the failure to develop in that time. Yeah. It is it is I have punched out, and I'm not like I'm I'm just not trying anymore. And that's that's what's crushing about it. So. Anyway, next up from CT and TC, my father-in-law cheers for Michigan and MSU. Who is this person? Uh, his rationale is that he has kids that went to both schools. You have a favorite child and wants them both to be happy. Do you? Does this violate fan law? Plum. Uh, no. Oh, oh, sorry. Side note. Uh, he didn't attend either school, but grew up more of a Michigan fan. Knew I didn't like this guy uh, since he lived closer to Ann Arbor and would go to games as a kid. You know, this man sounds a lot like my own father, who also did not go to either Michigan or Michigan State, is a very much a, uh, a Wolverine fan. Uh, some may describe him as a Walmart Wolverine in the in the uh, phrase, uh, popular phrase. Uh, but How he would you describe for, him? But he, he roots for Michigan State when Michigan isn't playing Michigan State, although he didn't ever like Mark D'Antonio. He just did not like Mark D'Antonio for reasons I don't really understand. So winning because he kept beating the team that he did. like. (laughs) Yeah, probably. But he does. He roots for Michigan State. He always roots for state in basketball. So, you know, I don't think it's a violation of Bama. I think it is. I think this is unholy. (laughs) Choose a side. Pick a side. CT and TC senior. Uh, In in the words of Lin-Manuel Miranda, uh, if you believe in for nothing, what is it? God damn it. I'm going to believe in nothing. What what will you what will you fall for? Uh, God damn it. Hamilton, the quote. All right. Next up from Mama Maple Leaf. You stand for nothing. You'll fall for anything. Uh, Next up from Mama Maple Leaf. Jonesy, what is your favorite curse word and how many times have you used it since the last pod recording? Fair question. Mama Maple Leaf. Mama. I'm not going to curse here. I I think we've gotten this far without without dropping a swear. Plum. I like, I probably use plum. Sh- I probably use shit more than anything else. I like, Is that I like function of having a, a puppy in the house. No, I just like, eat, like to say shit the bed or, I mean, I use fuck <laughs> a healthy amount, a healthy amount of fucks or shit. God a day. Damn it. We got so far. <laughs> this yeah. was going to be a not E rated podcast. This might've been, that and might be yours. Of though. People of all people was mama maple leaf who brought this on. Susan, we For appreciate shame. you. We appreciate you. I think Susan, uh, we want to know what your favorite curse word is. So go ahead yeah, and tweet us. Follow up. Follow up. And uh, and and Greg, what's your favorite swears? Uh, I like a I like a Jiminy Cricket. I Greg? like a I like a I like a, a, a hot a hot damn hot damn. <laughs> that is so uh, stupid. Next up from Mom Maple Leaf, Jonesy. History records China is originating the game of soccer. Actually, Son of a bean pole. 
This is actually for Plum now. History <laughs> records China is originating the game of soccer, but England transitioned it to what we know as football, including ad- adding the rules of one, forbidding tripping opponents, two, touching no touching the ball with hands, which one of those two rules would you put back into soccer? Oh my God. Well, I- More tripping <laughs> yeah. is the answer. I think it's like, because if you put touching the ball Maybe back- then they would actually- Maybe they would cry then for good reason, I guess is the point, right? If you put touching back in, you get you get rugby. So No no no. I think if you do a non possessing touching, like you can hit it with your hand, but you can't hold it. Oh, then I would add that in for sure. Mostly because Wouldn't that be interesting? Well, they've just relaxed frankly, we the IFAB, the International Federation of Association Boards, has just added or the international, the international Football Association Board. Anyway, it's irrelevant. It's the group that governs basically the laws of the game. They just really relaxed how we call um, handling, which actually now they've changed it to handballs. No one could care less about this, but um, but yes, uh, they have they have relaxed the rules around handling. So effectively, players can touch the ball with their hands now, except for they can't score a goal immediately after having done so. It's not quite that simple, but that's it. The thing with tripping, you if you allow tripping, you're that's it. The game is done. Because especially the leagues that I referee, those players already have such little emotional control. You let them do that, this is all, all over. What about body checks? No tripping, but body checks. But you a, can like shoulder somebody. No, that's already legal as long as it's shoulder to shoulder and you're or and or you're challenging for the ball and you do it from a safe. Yeah, no, but I mean like you really can just deck somebody. I mean Again, you kind of can't unless you use excessive force that endangers their safety. <laughs> the way those those soccer players cry every time someone touches them. Yeah. I can't stand your sport. Mm. Anyway, next up, Captain Kirk is coming off a quote-unquote good statistical season. Yet, Minnesota drafts... Mond. Mond. Yeah, Kalamond. Uh, Mond? Mond? I think it's Mond. 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 Anyway, are uh, RG3's words about Cousins, uh, quote-unquote, cashing checks accurate? Or is it simply bitterness left over from the Washington days? What does the captain need to do on the field to earn his keep? Yeah, so uh, for the uninitiated, uh, Minnesota drafted in the third round, Kellen Mond. Um, so... And, and then there there was there was some activity out there as a result. Uh, I He's a quarterback, yeah. And Kirk Cousins is the the quarterback for Minnesota. Yeah, it is uncommon for teams in this type of situation to be drafting quarterbacks uh, in this way. Here's what I'll say: uh, I think Kirk is going to continue his streak of producing just enough to continue to be an NFL starting quarterback. Maybe that's at Minnesota. Maybe it's not. But if it's not at Minnesota, someone else is going to be perfectly happy to pick him up and pay him gobs more money, cashing gobs more checks. And doesn't doesn't Kirk's uh, renegotiation always seem to come up right when it's time to set the record for highest paid quarterback. It's happened once. <laughs> it happened again. Um, I, I don't think regardless of what Griffin the third has to say, I don't think you have to worry about Kirk. I don't think Kirk's worried about Kirk. Uh, although he's probably very much slighted by this. Um, 
you know, walking around. I don't think he's Aaron Rodgers pissed though. Yeah, that whole situation is a whole thing. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm i personally not that concerned about it. I've never been that wed at Kirk being in Minneapolis. And, I, you know, I think he'll end up somewhere else just fine. Anyone else have anything to add to that? Uh, no, nope, love I, it. Next up. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, no, I have nothing. I was confused by the whole thing. Uh, next up is Tech Jensen. Who wraps things up for us with best hat style, flat brim cap, dad hat. I don't know what that is. Fedora, Bill Murray umbrella hat, or other. Mm. How about Where's, visor? How about a no, uh, no, a Drew Stanton LPGA tour style visor? How about that? Maybe a Lane Kiffin style visor. Ooh, and maybe one of those that has like the fake hair coming out the top with the with the frosted tips. <laughs> I've seen those in like Speedway gas stations. I'll take one of those. Is that a Lane Kiffin hat yeah. specifically? Might as well be. Yeah. Oh, is that just called the Joey Freshwater? Mm, nice. Uh, All right. I own Next a fedora, up. so that's my my choice. But you should have had Panama hat as an option. Tech, boo, and that would have been the answer. Let's take a ball cap. Uh, what is the best team in the state of Michigan? One pro and one college tech. I don't get this question. Our answer seems obvious for one of these. Does that mean best performing this year? I don't, he doesn't, he or she does not define. Let's let's do this. Best performing this year relative to the competition. Uh, probably the Michigan state women's cross country team for college or golf. Golf? Yeah, golf team. A women's, women's golf, golf team, team okay. obviously. Um, I mean, a dynasty continues. Dynasty? Uh, can say that. Didn't Michigan have... I mean, Michigan softball is always good. I don't know. They're not that good this year. this year. They're not even in the top 10. Not even in the top 10. Um, I don't Hutch know can take Michigan, a hike. Yeah, I don't know what the Michigan teams are doing. But what will go uh, women's golf team. Uh, at right. MSU is the best college team in the state. Uh, what about pro? I mean, these are truly dark days. The Lions. In, in Michigan, state of Michigan sports. <laughs> Honestly, the um, Lions do seem to make sense. Fans are happy with the draft. Happy with the draft. It was rational. Unusual. But they just fired their coach for very good cause mm. at the same time. <laughs> it's hard to say the Tigers. That is just, I'm not, it's not clear to me what direction the Tigers are going. I mean, there is only one direction, but it's not clear to me that they're trying that. Um, so, you know, here's why it can't be the Tigers, though, is because that's a non-salary capped sport. So there's no excuse for being bad other than you just decided not to be good. Yeah, they used to cash checks or write checks, but they're not really doing that anymore. Um, yeah, the Illages need to just give up that team. Um Speaking of village teams, do you go with the wings? I mean, does the hope no. of Eisman spring eternal? Bored. Those are your priors coming through. Um, I'm going to go with the wings. I'm going to take the wings. Though, though, that's probably a mistake. Plum, as as the the resident Detroiter, Detroiter on the podcast. Anything that you want to say about your pro franchises? Uh, yeah. 
Go Wings. There we go. There we go. Ooh. All right, worst place to be. Last question. One, your football team does not have any players taken in the NFL draft. Or two, your team loses to team one. I mean, the answer is a very clear two. Correct. <laughs> We've made this obvious on the podcast. We've said this explicitly. You would rather be MSU's football team right now than U of M's football team right now. The, the situation, the trajectory is way better on MSU's than it is at U of M's where you have a Mark Emeritt style head coach. Um, yeah, if you're, if you're always just fine and let's be clear last year, they were not, but that just means you're flatlining, right? Like you're dead. I'm over it. It is a, it is a flat line. It is a plateau. It's with a little bit of a downward you know, trajectory. Um, that's it. Good questions yeah. this week. Very good. Uh, I know it. I, I think we're going to leave it to Plum, but hat tip to Joe Ashworth. Hat tip. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. I, I, I agree. 400 pounds, 400 points to House Griffin Ashworth. <laughs> okay. Uh, power rankings will come out uh, by Tuesday, and uh, we thank you all for listening. Gentlemen, go green. Go white. <laughs>